Good morning. Here we are, Sunday, about 9, 10, I suppose. Just did the first quarter of a mile because I'm being clever. Not gonna run out of time today. Making sure to record the middle half hour of the 40 minutes or so that I spent walking. <sighs> Bringing Miss Ripley along with me. Miss Ripley says hello. And uh, let's see. It's a nice day. I don't know if it's coming through in the video, but it's very, very foggy last night. Got some amazing shots. You know, what's wild is I was never the kind of person who took a bunch of pictures. And since getting Google Glass, I have literally had multiple pictures per day. Not just the these videos. I find things that look really cool. Like yesterday when I was at uh, Savage Mills, uh, Savage Mills, Maryland. And uh, Savage Maryland, Savage Mills may just be the name of the mall. <sighs> Great old historic mall. You should totally go if you have the opportunity. They have a great little uh, game store there. We found the game Gloom, which if you've never heard of it, card game, Gloom. If you've never heard of it, you should definitely look it up. It is a fun game. You have a family, basically the, uh, the Adams family, and you know that they're going to have a better life in heaven. So the only way to make that better life in heaven is to make their life an absolute hell on earth. So you try and make bad things happen to your family and everybody else tries to make good things happen to your family. So anyway, it's a fun game. Very clever. Um, anyway, yeah, but we were out there yesterday and I saw streetlight with fog and a tree lancing through the fog. And it was just lovely. And it's one of those things where I would have said, wow, that's really cool, and moved on. And now I say, wow, that's really cool. Hold on two seconds while I touch a button on my face. And boom, I got a picture. There was a guy the other day who was driving really dangerously, cutting in and out of traffic in his red Mustang. And uh, basically trying to push people into going faster. And uh, my general policy is you run into those people, you don't run into those people, but um, if you encounter those people, you uh, try and back off and let them get away fast. Because I find that they are people I don't really want to engage with. So anyway, because of the flow of traffic, he was stuck between two people driving parallel, and he was stuck right in front of me. And I'm driving along, 
on the highway, I realized I can see his license plate. I can see his car, the make of his car. I could just very easily reach up, take a picture, and then post that to the internet with, take a look at this jack off. Here's a very dangerous driver. And I didn't, obviously. But there was that moment of, you know, it's, it's really kind of creepy. There's, that's something that we're going to have to deal with as a society. The ubiquity of cameras is coming. I mean, we've got, we've had companies with control of the ubiquity of cameras. We've had governments with control of it. They can put up a security camera and watch you, whether you're an employee or a customer, and they don't have to ask your permission because apparently by law, you give them permission just by walking into their place. Government can set up a red light camera or a speed camera, pretty little beagle. And, uh, government can set up cameras wherever they want and argue that it's okay because it's for the national defense. Reference the United Kingdom for evidence of this. So all of that was what leads me to fight for the right for individuals to have that power. I want to know that I've got a way to record my law enforcement agents in action. I want to know that I have a way to record corporate strongmen when and if they come for me. I want to know that as a citizen, I have the same rights to bring evidence against them that they have to bring evidence against me. And so I love the fact that Google Glass gives me that ubiquitous camera. I mean, yeah, it's, it's cool, and I talk about how it's fun and cool and fun, but deep down inside, I picture this world where they're cheap, they're ubiquitous, and everybody knows you're not going to get a chance to single someone out in a dark alley and humiliate them or abuse them. Morning. Tell you something else. I have had some crazy coincidence with this thing. For instance, I talk about how if everybody had cameras on them, you could not drag them into a uh, dark alley and take advantage of them just because you have greater strength. And even as I said it, I walked past a woman jogging. Now, if that isn't the quintessential example, of someone who can use that protection. 
Anyway. So yeah, people talk about Google Glass and its offshoots as though this was just some way of tracking you. As though this was the government. I mean, as though Google is working for the government and God knows we don't have any assurances on that one. But they act as though that's the only thing. And I just want to say I'm not an idiot. I know that this information can be used for evil. But I also know that I have a way of tracking everywhere I've been. I have a way of tracking the people that I've run into. I have a way of holding people accountable that I've never had before. I have the protection of the rest of the world that I carry with me. There was a line from West Wing that I know I'm going to butcher, but they said, so great was the power of the Roman Empire that a man could walk the length and breadth of the known world, unafraid of molestation, cloaked only in the words, I am a Roman citizen. So certain was the retribution. And no, I'm not arguing for political force, military force, anything like that. What I'm arguing for is you are going to know when you face me that I bring with me the eyes of the world. You are going to know when you say something to me, you say it before the eyes of the world. So we treat glass as though it's a kid's toy, as though it's a silly frippery, and God willing, that's all I'll ever use it for. But it holds within it the chance for change, chance to make a serious substantive change in our culture. And that's a much bigger story that we should tell. Sorry, baby. You wanna walk in the grass? We can do that. Miss Ripley's never sure whether she wants to or not. I'm sorry I get political on these. I don't try to. And honestly, I don't think this is really a liberal, conservative, left, right kind of issue. Like all libertarians, I tend to think of it in terms of freedom. This is a freedom issue. And it matters. Uh, Anyway. I'm guessing that is not what you tuned in for. I mean, yes. I prattle about whatever's going through my head. And, alright, yes. I do tend to think in terms of what's happening to our society. A bit more than some. I really hope that doesn't come across much in my writing. I mean, I try to portion it out. Anyway, so, yesterday, 
we had a good time. I uh, I had to make friendship bread. Say I had to make it. That thing's got a really strict schedule. It's got yeast that's fermenting and stuff. And if you do not make that go when it's time, man, it will get nasty. Every day when I opened it up to let the air that had, or carbon dioxide, my wife keeps correcting me on that one. She is the scientist of the group. Don't get me wrong. I got a degree in computer science, but she is, she's the chemical engineer of the group. Anyway, so uh, I open it up to let the pressure of gases release. And every time I do, it's like getting a face full of beer. So anyway, so yeah, according to the recipe, yesterday was the day. And so because I've already screwed up the recipe, I'm not handing it out to anybody. I'm being a bad friend, I guess. But um, but I don't want to give them stuff that I've screwed up. I started recording it at first, which Allie thought was pretty funny. She called it cooking with nerd men or something like that. Said I should make a YouTube show out of it. But, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a mess. But in the end, I think I did a pretty good job. Tastes really good. Tastes good enough. And my wife says, Hey. Look at that pretty lady coming up on us. With a tiny little Sheltie. I think we're being followed, Miss Ripley. Don't look. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> okay. We'll see you back at home. Love you. Come on, Ripley. <laughs> Ripley's but but I know them. I talked to Allie about how I felt a little weird doing the walks alone if I knew that she was out there walking too. She said that I was a chatterer and that uh, I couldn't chatter when there's other people around. Which was kind of what I'd come to terms with, that I was, I wasn't gonna be able to have a one person conver uh, conversation with two people there. I was in an interview yesterday doing a thing about interactive fiction and novel writing. And uh, I apologized about chattering so much. And Chris Moody, the guy who was running the interview, said basic, basically made the comparison between me and T. Morris. Let me tell you, when people are 
comparing how much you chatter on the T. Morris scale, you're already in the uh, in the running. <laughs> T. Morris will love to talk animatedly about everything and nothing, with every five minutes going. Like, and you know what else? And let me let me just this other thing. Anyway, he's a character. So yes, I tend to chatter. And apparently I tend not to chatter when there's other people around. And so she didn't want to get in the way of podcasts. Still feels kind of weird. But, especially when I know they're shadowing us. Oh, no they're not. They're going a different way. Anyway. Still seems kind of weird. So, yesterday, uh, did the... Friendship bread, and despite running through just about every bowl we have, just about all of our mixing bowls, and every whisk we had, oh my god, there's so much mixing involved in baking. Why did no one tell me that there's so much hard work mixing in baking? Uh, <clears throat> anyway, after much of that, and then an hour of oven time. We got some friendship bread out, and it was lovely. I think it was a little bit too crusty. Allie says no. She thinks it's better that way. So, whatever. Anyway, if you haven't had friendship bread, it's basically like cinnamon rolls or sticky buns, except not sticky. The jogger behind us is getting closer. So I wanted to get Ripley and I out of her way. Uh, we made the friendship bread. And it is nummy. Um, what next? We had to get ready for Laura's birthday. And uh, I gotta say this. I got a certain amount of pride that uh, we had maybe half an hour to get ready. I sat down, I opened up Write or Die, and I put down 1,200 words. Bam! Just like that. Just sat down, 1,200 words. Half an hour. It was awesome. Um, Laura's birthday. Laura Burns. You uh, can find her on Google Plus, I know, searching by that name. I know she's involved with a lot of online space stuff and I can't think of any of it right now. She's also on the steering committee for the Parsec Awards, which is cool. She's also a NASA rocket engineer. So, that's cool. Morning. So yeah, NASA rocket engineer, one of the heads of the Parsec Committee, 
generally awesome person who is guaranteed to have one of the best t-shirts in whatever room she's in in terms of geeky obscure references which if you don't realize that there actually is a bit of a competition you try to come up with the most obscure and yet hilarious references you can and in the nerd culture it's pretty fucking hard oh supposed to be running a clean podcast here anyway Laura Burns, all-around great person. Um, her husband is Dr. John Smarr. You can probably find him online as well. I think he's involved with Parsex, uh, but I'm not sure. He's the head of uh, infectious diseases at one of the prominent hospitals around here. I forget what. It's like Sinai or John Hopkins or something. Anyway, he is a character. Tall drink of water, black hair pulled back in a ponytail, glasses, and this deep, rich voice where one year he did a commercial for the Parsecs where he was doing that, uh, oh, what's his name? I want to say it's Mustafa. I've forgotten the guy's name, but uh, the hello, ladies. Look at your audio feed. Now look at me. Sadly, your audio feed is not me. That kind of thing. And he just nailed it, because that's basically what his voice is like. He just, that's just the way he talks, and it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, he and his wife, Laura, were having this get-together in uh, historic... Savage Mills yesterday with a uh, at a game store, really good game store that has an attic. I mean, it's basically inside of a mall, so there's like the upstairs and the downstairs. It's not really an attic, but um, in their upstairs area, we set up a bunch of tables and everybody played. Everybody played card games, and of course, being geeks, these were not card games like. Old Maid, Poker, Blackjack, any of that. When I say card games, I mean Gloom, which we were playing. And uh, I saw them play Flux, the board game, which I don't even know how that works. But, uh, but it was there. They were playing it. And the one that I wanted to play but didn't get a chance to is called Velociraptor's Cannibalism. And it's just about as awesome as it sounds. If I remember right, it was uh, created by J.R. Blackwell, a, uh, a local photographer and incredibly creepy artist. Sorry, she may not like to think of herself as creepy. Um, the character that I most directly associate with J.R. Blackwell is uh, Dr. Mercury which is a, it's like evil Angelina Jolie kind of character. Uh, it's a good character. Um, anyway, J.R. Blackwell and uh, her husband, Jared Axelrod, uh, who is a customer of great renown. The, uh, 
If I remember right, they both did it, but I think it was more JR's idea. I'm not sure. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that. Uh, but they came up with a game. Looked like a board game, card game hybrid that is called Velociraptor's Cannibalism. And sadly, I know very little more about it, except that it's really cool. Everybody loves it. They did a Kickstarter for it. They got enough money to actually make the games. And... And they were playing it yesterday, but I never got a chance to play. I'm very bummed about that. Anyway. We had a good time, though. Unfortunately, Allie and Arwen hadn't eaten. Well, Arwen had had some food, but they were both low on energy. And so we were a little sluggish yesterday, so I don't think they had quite as good a time as they might have, but now we're being followed again. We had a pretty good time. We went to Red Robin after that, where everybody was able to fill up their tanks. And then uh, then went home because when you're really, really tired from not getting food and then you get a whole lot of food, yeah, you get knocked out. But on the whole, good day. Fun day. Lots of stuff done. Got my 1,200 words. I didn't get the episode recorded. Got to do that today. The plan was to do one thing on each episode every day. I should be recording an episode one day, editing half of it the next day, and editing the other half the next. Should only be one hour per activity, and I just have not been able to do it. I need to get better about that because I want to finish Invito Rex by the end of this month and have it in stores with the audiobook already there. So, yeah. We're coming up on the last bit of the walk. Allie says that I should be running the last quarter. So I'm about to shut this off because I look goony when I run and I do not want to get another stabilization thing from Google saying, what the hell are you doing? So, I will bid you adieu. Talk to you tomorrow. Oh, wait, we need a picture. Ripley, sit. Stay. We're going to let them by so you can stare at them. Say bye-bye. Nope, sit. Stay. Speaking of looking goony, sit. You'll go puppy. Okay. Okay. I think she thinks I'm insane when I do that stuff. And as I crouch next to a dog's face with my head sideways, it's hard to argue the point. All right. So, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.